0: Guys, it's great to be back, great to be back with you today and uh, be able to share again. Um, look, you guys uh, support us as a family. Some of you may or may not know, but we've we've not taken a salary for almost 29 years for any organization or business that we've been involved in, um, and we we look to the Lord, and, we, and we're grateful for churches like yourselves that stand with us on a monthly basis, so we... We um, have seen the Lord's provision tremendously, and uh, when things have been difficult and tight, we expect miracles. Is that okay? That's called the normal Christian life. Um, And so I want to thank you for that. And also, you, you do support us as an organization as well, as the Proton Foundation, and so in Previous visits. I mean, you've helped us with the with the diaper project, taking diapers into Lazarani, and since we started that, over 150,000 nappies have gone into that community. We're beginning to see whole families come to Jesus as a result of showing the goodness and the mercy and the kindness of God to people. It's just absolutely spectacular what is beginning to take place. I think last time I came, which was. Your last February, you helped us to begin to insulate houses in that community. And when it gets down to minus 25 outside and minus eight inside, that's that's pretty challenging. But um, since we've been doing uh, been doing that, we've we've done 23 or 24 houses. And again, you guys have had a part of that. I just got an email this past week from another community that we worked in. One of the homes that we insulated um, for an older gentleman. Just in the last two weeks, he has come to faith because he was just overwhelmed that people would think so much about him and help him where he was. Teams coming from UK, America, Canada, it just blew him away that people would actually do that. And so our mantra is, it's the goodness of God, these people to repentance. And so um, that's uh, that's been exciting. And I just want to just show you a little video because probably pictures speak... Um, much, much, uh, much better than I can. And so, one of the things that we've been doing in that community is providing healthcare products for teenage girls and for mums um, who really can't afford those things. So, just watch the video because you're a part of this too. Thank you.
1: Hi, my name is Sylvia, and I'm 14 years old. I go to school. I love school and I'm actually really good at it, but I remember a couple years ago when I was unable to go to school because every month when I came on my period I had to stay at home because we couldn't afford sanitary products. I often felt dirty and unable to go out as we don't have water in our village. I couldn't wash when I wanted to as it's a really long walk to get to the nearest well. My mom would make me stay home during my period because we weren't able to do anything. I hated coming on my period. It's just so embarrassing. You see, sanitary products are not a priority. Getting food on the table and having enough money for wood for the fire to keep us warm, that's our priority. It's only the rich people that can afford sanitary products. We could never afford it. My little brother couldn't even have a diaper. So each month I would have to stay in the house and just get a cloth, it was horrible. But then, a couple years ago, this project came into the village, called the Dignity Project. They supply us with sanitary products, which is great, because now I can get to go to school, and I get to hang out with my friends, and I get to just be free. I can enjoy myself, it's fantastic, I'm so grateful for this project, it's been life-saving. And now, I don't have to fall behind and I have the opportunity to get really good grades, which means I've got the future. All the girls and ladies in my village get them as well, and they're so happy because it gives them the freedom to continue their everyday lives, so that they can hold their heads up high and be all they have been created to be. Girls like Silvia are so thankful for this project, because it's not about just giving them a product, it's not just about a small act of kindness, but it's about giving them their dignity back.
2: It's amazing
1: that people who have never even met us before think about us and care enough to help us. When I grow up, I want to be someone who cares about others and acts kindly and loves people.
0: There's some things, right, we just take absolutely for granted, okay? we just It's just a part of life, but... But to think you can give someone's dignity back for 25 pounds a year is flipping ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And so it's just a joy and a pleasure to do that. And so thank you for standing with us. Thank you for being a blessing. Um, we we do that in partnership with you. And so um, we we try to respond with um, emails and e and annual reports. And if you jump on our website, it's... Re- it's updated pretty regular, so if you want to look at uh, protonfoundation.com, we can, you can catch up there. So, in this, since I was with you the last time, I have uh, published a book called Checking into Faith. So, this, is, uh, this has been a long time coming, this book. Um, it's about 40 years of life crammed into about 200 pages, um, and it's basically stories uh, undergirded with biblical principles, how we exercise faith. And i got a friend here who's going to introduce the book to you, and hopefully you might find that helpful. Thank you.
2: Hi. So I want to recommend a book to you, Checking Into Faith by Ian Green. Uh, it's a fantastic book. So 30 years ago, uh, Ian's teaching really encouraged me to step out in faith in a vision that God gave me. Now, uh, I've been looking forward to him writing about faith for many years, and this book uh, certainly doesn't uh, disappoint. So, if you're interested in having your faith stretched, um, then this is really, really good for you. Uh, it talks about uh, stepping out in faith, it talks about the key to that. It also talks about what happens when it gets really dark and things don't work out the way you expect. I've often thought that faith is not in the stepping out, it's in the waiting after you've stepped out but before the promise uh, comes true if you like and um, this book really really deals with that very very well and there's a great flow to the book, it starts with the benefits of stepping out in faith and how to hear God's voice and how to not uh, hear God's voice, you know, the ways we should and the way we shouldn't listen out for God Uh, talks about um, generosity in a really interesting way and uh, one of my favourite parts of the book is where Ian talks about there is no pie. I think sometimes, uh, as he says, um, when we give something away, whether it's our time, our finances, our energy, we feel as though there's less to give. In actual fact, God always replenishes uh, what we've given and there's always more and Ian talks about this. Lots of fantastic stories, really, really practical book. I'll definitely be recommending it to uh, our staff and our volunteers. Uh, you might want to do that as well. Um, and uh, But just for your personal benefit of really opening your mind to new levels of faith, this book's great. So um, hopefully you'll go out and get it from Amazon today. Either Amazon or if you want a signed
0: copy this morning, they will be over there. So they are... There are 12 pounds for one, but we really want to get this message of faith out because we, we realize there's, uh, there's a deficit of faith in many, in many people's lives, and you may have friends that you may want to bless. So one for, one for 12 and two for 20, trust that will be a blessing to you, and um, hopefully that uh, it, it will absolutely encourage you and spur you on to become a normal Christian. The Bible says "The just, they shall live with a bit of luck. No, no, The just shall live by faith. There's a whole series you call Unleashing Culture. Some of you may may or may not be interested in that. I talk about how to release the culture of heaven into the community, how to create a positive organizational culture for those of you in businesses or social enterprises, how to create a prophetic culture, and then how to develop your internal culture. Because culture eats vision for lunch. Culture is the engine that takes our life forward. It's not just have the picture of where we want to go. We actually need an engine to take us there, and culture culture does that. All right, I'm going to share this morning on on actually what is faith. What is faith? Because I've been around the block a few times, and I've discovered people have all kinds of weird ideas about what faith is like. Some people think that faith is believing in those things that you know are not true. Uh, Some people think that faith is on the same kind of level as tooth fairies and Father Christmas. Or if you accept non-rational thinking as something spiritual, then that makes it into faith. But faith, faith is much more concrete than that. Faith has much more substance than that. Faith has much more reality than that. And so in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 it says, what is faith? It is the confident assurance of what we hope for is going to happen. So it's not praying with your fingers crossed. It's praying with a conscious feeling on the inside it's going to come through. What God has said is going to happen for you. And so briefly I want to talk about four, four ideas that build faith into our lives. First of all, faith... Is an attitude. Faith is an attitude. Faith is an attitude by which we receive God's word into our heart. And faith responds readily by the actions in keeping with what God has said. So faith is an attitude. You can't have a stinky attitude and vibrant faith. They don't work. It's like oil and water. It doesn't work. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 6, it still remains that some will enter the rest, but those who had formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. So it's possible, it's possible to have faith and faith not to work for you through disobedience. So some people say, well, did I have faith? Did I not have faith? Well, you may have had faith, see, because it's possible to refuse faith as well as receive faith. In fact, there's two words in the New Testament for this word unbelief that I quoted in that text. One word is apistia, which is translated as unbelief. And the second translation is epithiator, which means a stubborn, to re, a stubborn refusal to believe or to act. And in the RIV version always says disobedience. So sometimes the word of faith comes to us and we have to make a decision, am I going to do what God said? We have to decide that. And sometimes, like Peter, the uh, the lake seems a little choppy. Um, we can't see the end, end game, but we're still called to exercise faith. And so it's possible to have faith, but then abort faith. Re- refuse to act upon the faith that you've actually been given. But then it's possible to 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 receive faith. In fact, Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 says this. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves in sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. So you have been given faith. There's not a person in this room that doesn't have faith. Are you hearing me? You have faith. It's what we're going to do with the faith that's already been imparted to us. Because faith has come to us. Faith is inside of us. Faith is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the more it grows and the stronger it becomes. And so faith operates like that. But faith needs an attitude. It needs an attitude of expectancy from the Lord. Some years ago I was traveling in Poland and I caught a train from northern Poland, right down to southern Poland, uh, from a place called Gdansk down to Wrocław in southern Poland. And in the middle, middle of the country, there's a, there's, a, there's a city called Poznan. And I got off the train at Poznan because we had to change trains. And then um, I went and uh, got a good cup of Polish coffee. Polish coffee is just an excuse to drink liquid caffeine. So if you've got a few all-nighters to do, a couple of cups of Polish coffee, guaranteed you won't sleep for 72 hours. <laughs> and so, got the coffee, train came in, picked up my bag, picked up my cage, jumped on the train, started going down this one of these trains with a corridor and little little rooms off it, and looking for my ticket, and then looking for my seat, and then these guys come the other way, started to hassle me, start to push me, and they smell really bad, smell of alcohol and other stuff anyway they kind of move on and then I eventually find the place where I'm going to sit then I check my pockets and I realized I'd just been pickpocketed it was a bit of a scam and so they they took my wallet now that was a problem because in my wallet was my passport in my wallet was about 200 US dollars in my wallet was my credit cards in my wallet was my train ticket In my wallet was my plane ticket to get back home and I'm shocked as I'm standing in this corridor and then I start to shout, I've been robbed, I've been robbed, I've been robbed and nobody is taking a blind bit of notice. Whether they don't understand a Welshman screaming in English in the middle of Poland, I don't know, but nobody was moving. And eventually the ticket lady came, and she had an assistant and the assistant was quite a... A young guy and had a reasonably good grasp of English. And I explained what had happened to to me, and she said, uh, "Oh look, look. Um, when you get to Vratslav, when you get to Vratslav, there's a police station on the train station. Explain what had happened." I said, "Well, look, I don't even have a ticket to travel on the train." She said, "No, no, no. I believe you. You can travel. It'll be fine." So I'm standing there, shocked. I'm overwhelmed, and then I'm, I'm I. I, I hear this kind of inward voice in me saying, give thanks to the Lord. No. Give thanks to the Lord. Mm. And of course, I, I've kind of learned over a long time that, that um, it's actually to your advantage to do what God is saying. <laughs> so I said, Lord, I just, Lord, I thank you. I'm really not enjoying what's happening. But I'm, I thank you for your goodness, for your kindness, for your mercy. And as I'm beginning to give God thanks, and there's a switch in my attitude, I feel this surge of faith come inside of me. And, and out comes this prayer. I says, God, I don't know where this wallet is, but you know where this wallet is. You know where this wallet is. And, Lord, you can bring... The archangel Gabriel down from heaven, and you can jump on those boys and beat them up in the name of Jesus and give me my wallet pack. <laughs> now, I know you wouldn't pray a prayer like that because you're more holy than me, but look, I'm a missionary. Just give me a break. Anyway, so as I prayed that prayer, somebody is coming towards me carrying what looks like my wallet, and I'm, my eyes are coming out of my, out of my head, and I says, mate, that's my wallet, and the guy spoke some English. He says, I've got good news and bad news for you. If this is your wallet, that's good news. The bad news is there's no money in it. So that means you can't, even buy me a, you can't even buy me a beer. He says, oh, sorry about that. So I get the wallet, open the wallet, passport there, plane ticket there, train ticket there, all my credit cards there. The only thing that's missing is 200 US dollars. Do you know what? A stinky attitude would have stopped that miracle from coming to me. If I started going into a self-pity party. But you see, when we adjust our attitude to the life of faith and to the word of faith that's come to our hearts, we actually open the door for God to come to us. His salvation comes down the road like a big truck, giving us his blessing and meeting the needs that we have at that time. So faith, faith demands a good attitude. Secondly, faith is an action. Faith is never passive. Faith is always active. The Apostle James puts it like this. In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied with action, is dead. But some will say, you are faith. I have deeds. Show me your faith without my deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. Faith does something. Faith. There comes a time when faith stops talking. There comes a time... When you have to stop talking, stop running the idea through your head for the 19th millionth time, and you go, I'm going to do something. What I actually feel in my heart, I'm going to go forward and do it. So I know some, when I talk like this, Someone will say, well, what, what about that? What about that scripture in the Old Testament where, where, where the Amalekites were out there and, and God spoke to Moses and said, stand still. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Well, let me tell you, he wasn't standing still doing nothing. (laughs) He was standing still, but inside he was looking to God to bring the deliverance that only God could bring in that environment. So although he wasn't walking, speaking or whatever, there there was a conscious action. There was the release of his faith expecting God to come through. You see, faith in action provokes God to action. You got that? Faith in action provokes God to action. And the action of faith is conditioned by three things. One, what God has said. Number two, our obedience. And number three, continuing in faith. So our action in faith is dependent upon what God has said. Now, God speaks to us in many, many different ways. Sometimes there's a still, small voice. Sometimes there's an inner gut feeling. Primarily for me, God speaks to me through the Scriptures. So that's why it's a really good thing. If you can read this daily, it's really helpful, let me tell you. Um, and, and God speaks to us through, through His Word. You see, and, and when God speaks to us then it becomes presumption to go beyond what God has said. It becomes unbelief not to go as far as God has said. And it becomes disobedience to to go against what God has said. So God's word is God's will. And we only have to do what he said. We don't have to add to it. We don't have to take anything away. Just take it as the naked truth that he has spoken to you and you begin to put it into action. So number one, what did God say to you? And everybody in this room, you have stuff inside of you that God has said stuff and it's on hold at the moment. You may have have ignored that. You may have tried to forget it. You may go, oh man, that's too hard. No, 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 I'm not doing that. Other people, you you, like Peter, you looked at the waves, you looked at, wow, that seems just too, like how, would, how could God ever do that? Well, that's none of your business, right? That's none of your business. Your business is just to do what God has said. And then secondly, Having received the word, we have to become obedient to the word. Many times, faith is not accompanied with good feelings. If you're waiting for good feelings before you move forward, you may be waiting a long time. Feelings vary according to our circumstances. Feelings believe and respond to natural senses. But faith is not acting in conjunction with our feelings. Faith is an act of obedience to what God has said. Are you with me? So some, some years ago, we were, we were planting churches down in, in uh, Serbia. And um, we'd been given a group of church planters, all, all Roma's, Most of them couldn't read or write. That was a quite a challenge in... Um, exercise to train people to plant churches that can hardly read or write. Anyway, we started to plant churches, maybe 12, 13 churches in southern, southern Serbia, and so one of the guys that we we had planting churches uh, was a guy called Miro, and so our our. Plan for planning churches was we say to the couple or to the family when you go into the city, find the man of peace, find the man, of, find the connecting point in the city, and so they'd roam the streets, they'd sit in coffee shops, they'd start to talk to people until they got connected to the divine appointment waiting for them in that city. Now that person didn't know that they were waiting for, him, but God had orchestrated that behind their backs without getting their permission. It was a real good thing, right? And so. <clears throat> Eventually, um, Miro found Vlad, and they chatted quite a bit, and then eventually Vlad invited him back to his home, which was really a a tin shed in a field, and Vlad actually brought his uh, came to the Lord, and so he was, as far as we know, that was the first Christian in that community of 14,000 people, and so... We, we had promoted strongly household salvation. And so he knew Acts sixteen thirty one. you and your household. So he began to share with his household. And as he began to share with his household, mum got saved or his wife got saved. The children got saved. It was, it was quite, quite remarkable. Just can you put that picture up of this family? There you go. So, so the church plant is the guy with the white, white Colgate smile right in the middle. That's Miro Vlad. Vlad is the guy on the far right on side. And so it was just coming out just after we'd bombed the living daylights, you know, out of Serbia. You remember that war there back in the 90s. And, um, and Vlad, he would become sick and he'd he lost his job, you know, so um, through ill health. He had emphysema. And so our church bond said, come on, let's just pray together. Let's just pray. So they prayed for him, man. Instantly, the power of God hit this man, and he got completely set free from emphysemia. And so, so our church planter says, "Okay, we need to pray. You get, your, we need to pray. You get your job back." Oh, he says, "They won't be giving my job back. I'm look. I, I'm a gypsy. I'm a gypsy. There's 93% unemployment here in in um, Serbia at the moment. They're gonna give their job. They're gonna give the job to a." Um, to a Serb, long before they ever give it to a Gypsy. So our church planned a resilient in faith. says, Yeah, yeah, but you don't understand. God's got a good job agency. <laughs> so they begin to pray two, three, four, five days. Eventually, uh, I knock him on the door, and it was one of the middle managers from the factory where, where he had worked, and says, "You know, you know, uh, Vlad. You've been off eight months now, and." The main boss says, we can't find anybody to do the job as good as you. Would you we, we, have, we have heard that, that um, you, you've become well. He says, I've not become well. I've been healed by the power of Jesus. So, well, would you like your job back? He says, oh, that could work. <laughs> See, let's give God praise. Amen. Come on, give God yeah. praise. So our church planter, he's unrelenting because he knows obedience unlocks faith, right? So the little boy on the lap is, is a little guy called Daniel. And he was born, born 90, 92% deaf and dumb. And so our church planter says, you know, we, we, need to, we, need, we need to pray for Daniel. And so the granddad says, you know, we've taken him to... Belgrade, we've taken him to all these fancy musicians, uh, fancy um, physicians, and then we just can't get any, any, anything done for him. He so, said, no, 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 we've not yet taken him to Dr. Jesus. Got to take him to Dr. Jesus. So they fasted and prayed for three days, they prayed for him, nothing, took a day off, fasted and prayed again, and in the second fast, on the second day, they prayed for him, and something popped in his ears. And he began to hear. And because he began to hear, he could begin to repeat what he was, what he was actually hearing. And, and six or seven weeks later, one of our staff members, John Smith, went down there. And, and they kind of taught him a little bit of English. He says, my name is Daniel. And I've been healed by the power of Jesus. Come on. None of that happens without imbedi- obedience. So what, what are you holding on to that you're not obedient to? No, no, I need, you know, I need more cloud formation. I need another sign. No, 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 you've got, you've got enough. You've got the word in your heart. And even as I'm speaking to you, something's stirring in your spirit that you know you need to activate faith through your obedience. And the third thing was this: we have to continue in faith because sometimes, as Paul said, as Paul said on that video, faith is an interesting thing. We step out in faith, but sometimes it doesn't come as quickly as we hoped. It doesn't come as fast as we hoped. And sometimes it doesn't turn out as we hoped. But we have to walk the journey of faith. And that was our, that's been our experience with Sophie the, the, the last few weeks. We thought, we're done. We're in there. The prognostics was initially good after the first operation. Wow. I'm just about jumping on a train to go to London. We get the phone call from Soph. She says, Dad, I can't come home. They want to do another operation. Well, I'm thinking, so she's going going to pick her up, right? So it's not turning out as we thought. We had those experiences. What do you do then? Quit. I don't know. We re- redirect our faith God say God I don't un- quite understand what is happening, but I know you are not surprised. And I know this situation is not out of control, and I am your son, and she is your daughter, and you're going to make all things work together for good. You See, sometimes, with faith, when the circumstances are not going towards the objective that we had hoped, we still have to keep walking. We still have to keep confessing. We still have to keep believing. And we still have to be tenaciously going forward. Are you with me? So faith is an action. Faith is an attitude. Faith is an agreement. Faith is an agreement. The Bible says this, I tell you that if two or three of you agree about anything you ask for, it will be done by my heavenly Father. Now, that word agree is a really interesting word. It's the same kind of thought that you have in a symphony where, where, where the music blends as one. So it's not just as I'm going cup of tea at the end of the service, saying, okay, will you agree with me that God will do this for us? No, no, no. It's, it's not intellectual agreement. There is something on the inside of the person and there comes an harmonious agreement inside your spirit and the person's spirit and you say, yes, we agree. Faith is an agreement. See, so the Bible says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Jesus Christ. And of course, of course, this works negatively and positively. Works negatively and positively. So, So when they had the opportunity to go in and possess the promised land, two said we can do it and and ten said we can't do it. And the ten said that we can't do it. They said, look, there's giants, there's huge, those walls are incredible. And And they spread among the Israelites. A bad report. After they'd explored the land, they said the land we explored devours those living in it. So they're exaggerating it. And all the people we saw were there was were of a great size. We saw nephilim there, and we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes as we looked upon them. So, so it's possible to have negative faith. So, if you believe you can't, you can't. So, you don't need to get discouraged with this, right? Because some some of you have said this numerous times. I believed it wouldn't happen, and it did, and it didn't good on you. Your faith worked. Like, don't be discouraged. Say, hallelujah. I believe it wouldn't work, and it didn't work. Glory to God in the highest. You can believe it will. You can believe it won't. It still its faith. What are you saying not more? What are you saying inside of you, and in your head, as I'm talking to you know, what is not going to happen? Are you stirring your faith to a point, say, "Yes, I'm believing, nothing's going to change. The healing's not going to come. I'm going to remain financially broke for the rest of my life. I'm believing that. Thank you Jesus. Bring it on. Because that's what these people did, right? But Caleb and Joshua silenced the people and says, we should go in and take possession of the land. And sometimes you have to silence that voice. You have to say to that voice, I'm not listening. Talk to the wall because I'm not listening. Talk to the floor because I'm not listening. I'm listening to what God said. I'm listening to what God says. I'm listening to what God says. God says, I am blessed and highly favored. I'm listening to what God says. There's nothing set against me that's going to thwart the purpose of God in my life. I'm standing on that. I am confident. And and the the position of agreement where you agree, you say, Jesus, I agree what you said. It may look dark. It may look difficult. It may look unbelievable. But God, I'm believing that you are going to come through. And the last, last thought is this. Faith is an assurance. It says, let's draw near to God with a sincere, full assurance in faith, having our hearts sprinkled, cleansed us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. See, true faith does not allow doubt to achieve its objectives Did you hear that true faith stops doubt from achieving its objectives and faith fulfills its objectives so uh, quite a number of years ago I I led an organization here in the UK called Youth Alive and they certainly did not have an abundance mentality um, and the car that I had died, like it had died. I'd laid hands on it, I'd anointed it with oil, I blessed it, I cursed it, I took authority over it, and then I pushed it to the garage. <laughs> and I, I, I needed a car. At that time I'm I'm driving about fifty thousand miles a year. And so I I go to the meeting of the guys in charge of that group, and, and um, I says, man, I just need a new car, and they, they had no money to come up with a car. So one of the guys in the room says, you know, and you can import a car now from Europe. This was some years ago, and, and if you drive it from the garage to the port, it's then classified as a used vehicle, and there's no VAT to pay when you bring it into the country, it's awesome. So I, I said, well, how, how much of them? And it was a little Vauxhall Astra on the, on, the, um, on the continent. They were called cadets. So just to give you some, relativi- re- some relativity, because it was going to cost equal to two years' salary. Now, it wasn't an expensive car. <laughs> it was just that my salary was so low, right? So... So I, I said, okay, that's interesting. And then, so I left the meeting, and I'm, I'm in a borrowed car. And as I'm driving home, I feel the Holy Spirit says to me, go for it. Go, go for it. He says, go for it. How can I go for it? No, no, you go for it. And I couldn't shake this off. Couldn't shake this off. And, and so I rang up my friend and I said, sir, how much do you need? So I said, well, a 25% deposit at that point was 1,000 pounds. I said, well, I've been beating up old ladies and, you know, doing a bit of night pilfering, M- managed to get a thousand pounds together. And so I kind of says, okay, I'm, I, and, and when do you need the final payment? Well, when we go to collect, we need the final. I said, okay, that's good. I said, okay, we'll do it. Let's, let's go for it. Now, about 10 weeks later, he called me, he says, Ian, the car's ready for collection. I need the other three thousand pounds or 18 months salary. Now, I had no money. Let me explain that to you because some of you don't understand what that means. When I say I have no money, it means I have no money. It doesn't mean I haven't been to the ATM. It means there's nothing in the ATM for me because I have no money. It doesn't mean I've got, I've got stocks and shares and I can't liquidate them very easily. It doesn't mean I've got property that I can, I can pull some equity out. No, no, I've got no, do you understand, no money? Okay, no money, no money. So I says, look, we're preaching together on the weekend. Why don't we, why, why don't I give you the check then? And I'm stalling basically. I'm just like stalling. And so we get there and I'm preaching in a little place in the middle of Wales, London Wells, wells And that weekend I'm preaching every sermon on faith for my benefit. <laughs> <laughs> and so we come to the end of the meeting and we go out to the back and And I nervously write in this check knowing there's absolutely nothing in my bank account, like 3,000 pounds. So I gave him the check. I thought, oh, well, he can have some fun as well. Anyway, so I'm driving home in a borrowed car and the devil gets on my shoulder. He says, oh, that's bad what you've done tonight. That's fraud. That's fraud. People go to jail for fraud. Go to jail. I don't want to go to jail. I'm not like the Apostle Paul. I don't like writing letters. I don't want to be going to jail. <laughs> jail, I don't. And it was like, oh, it became like overwhelmed. It's imp- like oppression in, in the car. And inside I heard the voice, Ian, I told you to go for it. I said, Jesus, you did. You told me to go for it. If I'm going to jail, you are coming too. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to jail. I'm not going to jail. So I decided to tell nobody about this situation. And um, I began to think, you know, if Jesus can't come up with 3,000 quid, he's a pretty weak Jesus. But I was encouraged to pray a little earlier every morning and a little longer every morning. I mean, have you ever discovered that you only go to sleep in your prayer times when you have nothing too serious to pray about. When, when you think you might be going to jail, there's a lot of motivation. There's a lot of motivation. I'm telling you, a lot of motivation. Anyway, so I'm getting a little early to pray. And like this never happened to me. So the, the church that I was attending when I wasn't traveling, I mean, people started coming, coming to me at the end of a service, shake my hand. And there's a wadge of money. They never did. I'd been in that church for six and a half years. No one had ever done that to me. I got home to my little apartment, little 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 flat. Somebody had stuffed some money under my door in a brown envelope. Cut a long story short, within about within about 14 days, 3,000 pounds to the penny came in. So I'm banking this money as fast as it's coming in, right? Because I'm nervous. This check's going to bounce, right? I'm just banking it straight straight away, you know. And I think it's cash. I hope it's going to be real time and wherever. And so after about three weeks, I didn't hear from a friend. So I said, Brian, what's going on with this car, mate? He said, oh, mate. He says, I'm embarrassed. So why are you embarrassed? He says, oh. He says, you know that check you gave me? I said, yeah. Um, he says, well, I put it in my inside pocket. And I didn't realize I had a rip in my inside pocket. And the check slid inside my line and right around the back. And I've lost it. I've lost it for two and a half weeks. Only yesterday I discovered it. Like, how lucky was that? I'm thinking Jesus lost the check for me. What do you think? Yeah. Come on, come on. See, that assurance of faith says it's going to happen, although I don't know how it's going to happen. Because what, what, what topples us over sometimes is we start describing to God how he's going to meet our needs. And I guarantee you, when you start doing that, absolutely 100%, he won't do it that way. Just for the fun of it. (laughs) Because his ways are higher than our our ways, right? Get the assurance of faith. So this is what the Bible says. Romans chapter 4. And I'm just about done. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the facts that his body was as good as dead. This is Abraham, right? Abraham. And since he was about 100 years old, And Sarah's womb was also dead. So here's the deal, right? Abraham's 100 years old. And God's promised him a child. His wife is 90 years old. Well, it's done then, isn't it? It's over, right? That's what the Bible says. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith, when it's not happening, how do you get strength in your faith? It says there, it says, he gave glory to God. What did he do? What did he? he says, God, I remember. I remember the miracles that you did for me. God, I remember that. And see, when we get into the arena of faith and it's not happening, we have to strengthen our faith say, God, I remember that answer to prayer. I want to thank you for that answer to prayer. I want to thank you for that miracle. I want to thank you for that provision. I want to thank you for that person I pray for that got saved. Father, I want to thank And you say, well, how long do we do that for? You keep on going until your faith is strengthened. It's not one minute, two minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes, one week, three weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 15 weeks, 15 years. No, no, no. It's not a time thing. It's an absolute assurance on the inside. You go, okay, my faith is strengthened now. We're back on. We're back on target. And he was strengthened in his faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded. So you do it until you become fully persuaded what God has told you to do, he is going to do. He said, fully persuaded that God's got the power to do what he promised. He's got the power. I said, 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 he's got the power. He's got the power to do what he promised. He's up for it. He's on to it. He's moving forward. Can you just link arms with him and walk forward with the power that he's already promised to you? Hebrews 1, 11 and verse 1 says this. It is the confident assurance of what we hope for is going to happen. No cross fingers. No, no will I get lucky. No touching wood, thank you. It's going to happen. It's gonna, see, it's like this, right? The idea behind that is like this. You had a relative that emigrated to America 150 years ago. They died. And through the post, there comes a last will and testament from your relative that had died. And you're the last living relative. And in the last will and testament, it says, your great, 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 Grandfather, has left you this property in Texas. That's a bit unfortunate, but anyway. It's 10,000 acres. It has 3,000 cattle on it. It has a house, a very large palatial house. It has three garages attached to the house. In each garage, there is a luxury car, and in the bank... There is 5 million US dollars and it's yours. But you've never seen it? You've never touched it. All you have is a will and testament. All you have is a legal document. And that assurance on the inside is like a legal document. So I don't care what's happening. I don't care what's going wrong I don't care what's going down I got the will and testament 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 I got the legal right to get what God has told me I'm going to have according to the power that is working within me at this time what do you think? All right, let's just bow in prayer for a moment we're here with this message because people are in the arena of faith this morning in the arena of faith this morning some of you have been hammering and harring should I, shouldn't I tithe okay just decide I should and we're going to work it out other people in the arena there's maybe relatives away from God you've prayed a long time look I prayed for my mother for 39 years before she came to faith so if you've been praying any less than 39 years you can't give up you may have a An irritating, annoying infirmity in your flesh, a sickness. And just, it's been there so long, it just discouraged with the whole thing. But this morning, as I'm speaking to you, there's, there's percolation of faith on the inside, and it's coming up, and it's coming up, and it's coming up. And if this morning you're saying, I'm standing on my faith. I'm calling those things that are not as if they were. I'm, Jesus, I'm going to believe you. Just stand to your feet. If you're like that this morning, I want to agree with you. And this morning, we're going to see a release of miracles, provision, goodness, mercy, power, love, healing, and the life and the kingdom of God coming into your life and into this community. And so if you were saying, Ian, I'm, 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 I'm believing what you're saying this morning. I'm believing the word of the Lord. Just stand and I want to agree with you. I'm praying for people in five. One, two, three, four, five. I don't know if these are courtesy standing, but, but we'll take it. However you receive, whatever posture you, you do to receive, you raise your hand, put your hand, whatever posture, I just want you to receive right now as we begin to speak speaking to you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I say, let your kingdom come. I say, Father, let your will be done. I say, let the breakthrough come in Jesus' name. Father, I speak breakthrough over lives in this room, financial breakthrough, healing breakthrough. Lord, I speak it in Jesus' name. Job breakthrough in Jesus' name. Lord, whether felt. Stuck. They felt stuck in the company. I pray, Father, you would bust the doors open, and they will come, Lord, there will come, there will come increase. There will, there will become promotion in the name of Jesus, Father. I declare that over these people in the name of Jesus, Father. I declare the river of God and the life of God and the kingdom of God and the glory of God manifesting itself with very literal manifestations of your power and of your love and your goodness and your mercy and your. You are a good God, and we trust you, Jesus. So, Father, we say in the name of Jesus, let it be done. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Guys, it's been an absolute please sit down. It's been an absolute, absolute pleasure to be with you again. And and I know there's a grace on me, right? I know that oftentimes after I speak, there's a grace on me that comes to you that some of you are now living, right? Living with that inner feeling now, I can do this. I can believe. It was dead, but it's come back alive. And I want to encourage you to go forward. You may find the book helpful, whatever. If, if this is a podcast, then I encourage you to listen to the podcast two or three times. Let it get right into your spirit and will build the confidence that you need. Thank you, in Jesus' name.